sending you a warm autumn welcome to the Breaking Script podcast with Lella and Nini. This is where we explore the glimmer-filled world of Hallmark movies and the occasional Asian drama. Our cinematic self-care sessions bring us even more joy this fall because we get to do this together with you. So let's get this therapeutic adventure started. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Breaking Script podcast with Lella and Nini. I'm Lella. And I'm Nini. And I don't know about you, Nini, but it is a glorious fall day. Like it is cold here. <laughs> that sounds amazing. We're not quite there yet. We're right behind you. Um, But I agree. I agree that I'm starting to get the fall feels. Like, is it feeling like fall magical there now? I, I mean... Yes, but I'm always, I feel like I'm always ready for fall because low-key, I just want Christmas to come, but it, as soon as, as soon as September hits, it feels like Thanksgiving is around the corner because here in Canada, like October 12th is usually when we have Thanksgiving much earlier than you. Yeah, that feels so, so weird. I think it's weird celebrating Thanksgiving so close to Christmas. (laughs) true it's true I feel like you guys have a lot more shopping time yeah and I feel like after Thanksgiving a lot of people will put up not a lot but it is more I don't know it's more welcome to put up your tree because there's you know aside from Halloween we do have Remembrance Day um and then Christmas so like wait back up for for us Americans here from the United States of America. Um, what is Remembrance Day? Remembrance Day is essentially like our Veterans Day. Got it. Okay. Yes. And that's after Thanksgiving? That is after Thanksgiving. That is November 11th. So typically, like the rule is you're not supposed to put your Christmas tree up until after Veterans Day. But that's still November 11th. Still, that's before your Thanksgiving. Yeah, no kidding. That is so weird. Well, nevertheless, fall is so magical. I love that Canada celebrates it even sooner. That's great. <laughs> um, but especially for a girl from LA, because when you first experience the four seasons, like, I don't know if you realize this, but why fall is so magical for me is because I grew up without seasons. Right. And so your first time experiencing the four seasons where like winter's super gray and it's like feels like it lasts forever and there's snow on the ground, which I'm it's funny because in the Midwest, it's not as long as Canada. But the first day the sun comes out in the spring, I was so shocked at how happy people were and so like extra kind and extra polite only to find out for us because I was in the Midwest and the first time I experienced the four seasons um, as an adult living there. I was in Kentucky. I was in Louisville, Kentucky. And I remember I was so excited for spring, but then you have allergies and you have this horrid pollen. (laughs) And then it leads to summer where it's so humid. You need gills to breathe (laughs) and you don't have any reprieve from the heat at night. Like it's hot in the desert, the dry heat you actually have, it cools down like every single night. So after months of what feels like no reprieve, when fall finally arrives, it is the most wondrous season ever, which leads me to today's movie, Roadhouse Romance. The setting is in Lockhart, Tennessee. And again, I just love seeing LA characters adjust to Southern charm and country music. Lala, why don't you introduce the main characters? 
Okay. So in Roadhouse Romance, you are going to meet the two main characters. We have Callie, who is played by the wonderful country singer, Lauren Elena. And we have Luke, played by the none other than the infamous Hallmark favorite, Tyler Hines. Woohoo! Tyler Hines. <laughs> Two in a row for us, the way we're recording. I don't know how we're launching, but <laughs> love it. Okay. So you guys get ready. I'm not short-winded here. This lovely autumn southern boy meets girl story starts out on a bus ride with Lieutenant Callie Jackson in her OCPs. That's the camo army combat uniform. She looks dreamily and happily out a window driving down a road lined with beautifully golden and auburn colored trees so we can guess she's headed home. Home is a small town called Blockhart, Tennessee. The bus pulls in front of a nondescript building with a large sign that indicates it's Tucker's Roadhouse. You see fall decor signs all over that say things like a day in the country is better than a month in town and flyers posted for Tucker's fall festival. We find out that Callie's arrival is a week early to surprise her mom Eva and her aunt Willa. In the midst of their welcome home banter and catch-up news, the most important plot point is introduced because this entire movie and love story surrounds the sauce. Mom and Aunt Willa hesitatingly inform Callie that they have run out of Grandpa's barbecue sauce and they can't find a written recipe. What about Tucker's Fall Music Festival? You cannot serve store-bought sauce at the festival. This is a crisis. Callie is appalled, but she sees a familiar figure outside the window that makes her quickly forget the barbecue sauce fiasco. Her eyes give away that this is clearly a love interest, and she doesn't even realize he's talking to another girl when she boldly comes up from behind him, covers his eyes, and does the whole guess who bit he turns around she goes in for the kiss he bypasses and gives her the awkward hug and that's when while over his shoulder she finally sees the other girl he confesses i should have told you about lynn a sad and embarrassed callie takes a deep breath and mom comes out to hand her a keys to the truck so she can drive home and cry only she doesn't quite make it home because she's crying in this truck when a guy in a classic car comes flying in and they crash cut to the scene before this crash with two guys in classic car. We meet Dan and Luke. Luke is driving while Dan is navigating and trying to convince Luke that they need to stop at Tucker's Roadhouse, the best barbecue east of the river. Luke refuses to make any stops. They need to get to Nashville ASAP. This car is a surprise birthday gift for Luke's girlfriend, Jillian, and the guy's clearly too cool and busy for a country stop or country music. That's when we learn that Dan is Luke's agent and also his best friend who's arguing with Luke that they need to take breaks so he doesn't burn out. And also, Dan argues, when are we going to be in Tennessee again? Because it is a once-in-a-lifetime thing. Sorry, I cannot say that without laughing. Luke gives in and dramatically turns into Tucker's Roadhouse parking lot, where he crashes into the back of Callie's truck. Cut back to the scene of the accident, where Dan is profusely apologizing to Callie, Eva, and Aunt Willa. He tells them he's Luke's agent. Luke is an award-winning television director. So he promises to pay for Callie's damages and thanks her for her military service. In the auto shop, Sully says that the part needs to be picked up from Franklin, Tennessee. So it could be days, maybe weeks, Luke and Dan are stuck in Lockhart. Willis ends up showing Dan and Luke to a room upstairs at Tucker's Roadhouse where they can stay for the night. Luke is unimpressed and concerned the room isn't soundproof because of the loud country music blaring downstairs. End scene. The next day, Aunt Willa asks Kelly to pick up some donations in town for the auction for the fall festival. When Luke meanders to the bar and asks for something for a headache, Luke is not a country music fan and suggests that it is a contributing factor to his headache. Callie makes sure Luke knows that country music is special because it allows people to share their truth and their stories. In the midst of this conversation, Luke finds out that Grandpa Tucker passed while Callie was deployed. 
Luke apologizes for the accident, and Callie admits that she was being a crybaby. They exchange olive branches, and Luke asks if Callie can give him a ride to town. Luke is clearly struggling in the trunk with a honky-tonk country music playing in the truck. She tells him it's not the music giving him a headache, it's his posture. We learn that Callie is a DPT, a doctor of physical therapy. Jillian calls while Luke is still in Callie's truck, and their conversation reveals that Jillian sent Luke a featured film script called Island Girl for Jillian to star in and Luke to direct for his first feature film. Remember, he's an award-winning TV director. He hasn't made it to the silver screen yet. In town, Luke finds Callie collecting donations and joins her, so Luke suggests a cultural exchange program where he makes Callie a list of sci-fi movies to watch, and Callie only agrees to watch if he listens to a playlist of country music songs she gives him. That evening is Callie's homecoming celebration where Callie is asked to sing at her own celebration. Luke's face reveals that he is completely enamored by her singing and her voice and everything about her. Callie tries to teach Luke the cowboy cha-cha when they're interrupted by a phone call. It's Jill whining, why aren't you in Nashville yet? She signed on to do Island Girl already. It would be three months together in Hawaii. But the script is so rough, Luke just can't agree to it like that. Jill is frustrated because she went to bat for Luke on this one to be his opportunity to break into feature films. That night, Luke is having trouble sleeping and goes downstairs to find Callie in the kitchen at 2 a.m. trying to recreate her grandpa's barbecue sauce. She's been trying for hours and is tired and frustrated and so frustrated and lost to the point where the pan catches on fire, she burns her hand, which is a setup to the adorbs typical romantic let me bandage your hand for you scene. He tells her being in this small town and wrapping her hand is interesting in a good way while they exchange lingering glances more like gazes before saying goodnight. Cut to a scene the next day where Luke convinces Joe, Callie's ex, who's on a break from his current girlfriend Lynn to ask Callie out again. Joe immediately goes over to Callie who is across the street to ask her if she's interested in trying to be together again. Just a dinner to catch up. Callie says she needs to think about it. Luke watches this entire transaction between Joe and Callie, and when Joe leaves, Luke walks over to Callie to offer a hand as she's putting flyers on windows about the fall festival. Luke says he can tell Callie and Joe are still in love. It's a classic Hollywood story of childhood sweethearts having a falling out and finding each other again. He teases Callie that she probably has a shoebox under her bed of everything Joe ever gave her. This is an important detail to remember. Callie teases Luke back and tells him he should stick with sci-fi. Romantic comedy isn't his thing, which gives him a great opportunity to tell her he actually might be directing a romantic comedy feature film called Island Girl, which he considers a good opportunity, but not a good script, and asks if she would read the script. Since she's a country singer, she's an expert in a good story, right? Grandpa says, country music is three chords and the truth. Island Girl is a clunker, according to Callie, and she makes lots of notes. Luke asks if Callie could go over the script notes with him over dinner, and she says she can't because she took his advice and said yes to dinner with Joe. The perfect Hollywood ending, high school sweethearts reuniting. This date with Joe takes place at the Rusty Latch, where it's open mic night. Callie sings Lauren Relena's original song and ends with the cringiest date conversation where they realize they're no longer a fit for each other. She admits that she has a shoebox under her bed of things Joe gave her, but she doesn't know if it's ballast or baggage. In a brief scene, we see Dan and Aunt Willis starting a thing. Cut to Callie pulling out a shoebox from under her bed in a moment we've all been waiting for. She calls her mom to show her she found Grandpa's written barbecue sauce recipe from the shoebox under her bed because Grandpa probably knew she would eventually find it there. The next day, Callie finds out Willis' concerned ticket sales for the fall festival are so low Eva says they might need to cancel. 
Meanwhile, Callie is happily cooking away in the kitchen when she comes to find Luke at the bar. And she says to him, Luke, you'll never believe what happened last night. And Luke replies, when's the wedding? And she says, no, I found my grandpa's recipe in the shoebox under my bed. If you never tease me, I never would have found it. Luke saved the fall festival. He is her hero. Dan and Willow are having a conversation about planning on starting a franchise when a suburban with a sticker that says fall harvest drives by. While Luke and Callie are having the cutest, most successful barbecue sauce recipe tasting together in the kitchen, Callie lets Luke know that she let go of Joe because she realized he was baggage holding her back. They're interrupted by a could-be-cute, kinda, but shrill voice that's obviously Jillian who came to Lockhart to surprise Luke. She makes sure Callie knows Luke's taken, like they're practically engaged. Luke and Jill go on a beautiful green screen test drive joyride. Jill says the car is a great toy for driving around Malibu, but not a road trip. The disagreement over the Island Girl project continues. Luke lets Jill return to Nashville without him first. Dan and Luke are back in Cali poolside eating and reminiscing because they're using the Tucker's barbecue sauce. They're talking about the fall festival and lack of ticket sales. Luke wants to help, but doesn't know how because Willow won't let them just buy tickets. They want people there. Back in Lockhart, they almost cancel artists and performers and start taking down decoration when Willa checks again and ticket sales are what? Sold out. Luke and Jill have a heated negotiation on what to keep in the Island Girl script and Jill says, just do it for her career, Luke. It's a favor to her. He has to sign a deal. No more notes on the script and she'll owe Luke a favor and he can call it in for whatever he wants. The favor he asked for was to save the Tucker's Fall Festival. Jill posts about it on her social media and saves the day. Callie presses Dan to ask why Luke would do that for people he just met. And Dan replies, sometimes a man finds his true home among strangers and those strangers become family. Apparently, Callie is true home to Luke now. It's finally the night of the fall festival, a night that looks much like any other night at Tucker's, but with more bands. Callie sings Grandpa's song, the one he wrote for Grandma, and sang every year at the fall festival. And of course, who walks in just before she starts singing? It's Luke Ellis. Callie doesn't see him or know he's there, but he's enamored. They end this beautiful small town fall boy meets girl love story with a romantic scene on the porch of Tucker's Roadhouse where Luke lets Callie know he caught her entire song and he broke his deal with Jill and the movie, which is why his phone is blowing up with upset peoples. Callie tells him that this is the part where the boy kisses the girl. Cue the iconic Hallmark ending kiss and they finish off with a cowboy cha-cha. Final end scene. Cue the credits. Bravo. <laughs> Amazing. I feel like I watched the movie. <laughs> Okay, we're going to go through our ratings right now. We rate everything out of 10 bobas. So our ratings go, we're going to rate writing, we're going to rate characters, we're going to rate how funny it was, and we're going to give it an overall rating. So, Nini, what did you give the writing for the this Roadhouse Romance? Okay, you have to understand, I have to give a disclaimer. I love Tyler Hunt. <laughs> I loved Lauren Elena. Because I don't love country songs. I don't love country music. I really bonded with mm. Luke Ellis in this. Um, but I loved her songs. Fun fact, those were actually Lauren Elena's original songs. And she actually oh. had to um, change some of the script or some of the words in order to fit the movie. So I loved gotcha. the banter. I loved the clever Southern quotes. I loved how they made her songs work in the movie so I gave it an eight nice <laughs> I think you know what I'm gonna say <laughs> okay I gave it a six okay 
We'll get into why, okay? We'll get into why, but I just felt like the writing was not it for me. But I loved the songs. Like, I will talk about that. Uh, I I I love the songs. So I thought that they did a, a good, a six, a good job. That's a pretty, like, you know. I got I gotcha. Yeah, okay. Characters, character rating. What did you? So again, this is one of like my favorite Hallmark movies. But again, I think it's because I have personal connection to the story. They talk about Malibu. You know, the characters are from Malibu. Or I don't know if they're from Malibu, but they drive around Malibu, which I grew up driving around Malibu when I turned 16, like introduced to the Southern. So there wasn't much development, but I love the characters. So I gave them an eight. (laughs) <laughs> okay okay i i gave them a 7.5 wow. i really higher than the I, writing well well we can talk about the writing but <laughs> i really felt well i'll just tell you i really felt that luke and callie tyler and and lauren elena uh really carried this whole movie 100 percent. yes so if it wasn't for them and what I think was like real chemistry, um, like you know, they had good chemistry. Uh, totally. I don't know if it would be much of a movie. So I gave it a seven point five because I really think they carried the weight of this. Yes. I agree a hundred percent. I mean, if we're gonna talk about that, I'm gonna give them a ten because they a hundred percent of a script that didn't have much of a plot. I mean, what was the plot? There was a broken car. They were planning an event. Any Hallmark movie about planning an event, I'm like, there is no plot. Why Why are we doing another movie about prepping for an event? And a lost <laughs> barbecue sauce recipe. That was pretty much the plot. There was no plot. Exactly. But yeah. Okay. How much did you laugh? Like, how funny out of 10 did you find this movie? So I gave it a higher, I think, just because I think because Tyler Hines and mm-hmm. also all the quotes and the way that Lauren Elena delivered them. I gave it an eight, which is probably higher than I would rate like the average Hallmark yeah. movie because it's not like Paul Campbell, Kimberly Sestead level, you know. Okay. Yeah. I gave it, I gave it a six. So okay. I, I think it was a solid six. I did laugh. <laughs> you guys have to remember I'm new. I'm, but it was, I think it was a solid six. Okay. Overall. I, yes. What, what did, what are you, what are you thinking? I had a. I, had a I know you t- love this movie. <laughs> it's because I love this movie so much. I think it felt familiar. I think it was therapy for me because I was just I related on so many levels. So I yeah. gave it a sliding scale of eight to ten because you guys, this is literally a movie that I'll like I'll just put in the background and watch over and over again, which is like unheard of for me. People who know me are like, you watch a Hallmark movie over and over. <laughs> what is wrong with you okay go ahead what did you we all we all have that movie that we watch over and over again this was like a a six I I pretty much averages out my score I just I'm giving it a six because I did think the plot was just really weak I liked the characters a lot like again I thought Tyler and well so Callie and Luke they really carried the movie loved the chemistry I think the set was a little fake of the fall. <laughs> I live I live in a very fall-esque area, so I guess maybe I'm a little bit harsh. Um no. there was also that scene where they're back in California and 
instead of having palm trees they had the palm trees in like that you know like a base like just in the backyard yes, yes. I, I'm trying I, try, I was Walmart. trying to get past it I really was I was trying my hardest but I so anyways but I there are some there are definitely things that I loved okay definitely. well let's get to it yeah let's do it then here's our breakdown we have four segments our first segment is what's love got to do got to do with it where we break down glimmers what we love breaking down really we're breaking down romantic and family relationships which Mm -hmm. this one I feel like Lala you got like the more run-of-the-mill Hallmark movie compared to now you see how complex three wise men and a baby really was right in their right for sure because this is more that follows that psychological um breakdown where it's like your happy is not too happy or sad it's not too sad like your plot's not yes. too detailed it's yes. like just it's just happy and we can just be there so what did you think I'll start with something that I loved I loved the song run her opening with that song I just was like oh I like this song all of her songs yeah. were really good I just I really loved yes. that her song she has an incredible voice um so I loved that about this movie. Yes, a hundred percent. I love that. I actually had a quote from Run in my plot summary, but it got too long. I was trying to cut like a thousand words out. And so I love that it was about like how life just keeps going and we don't know how to slow down. It gave me all the feels. So mm-hmm. loved it. But I mean, for me, there wasn't really, like there were so many, like, it wasn't like glaring, like, oh my gosh. Right. Um, Because, yeah, in the same way, like the fall feels were super fake and it was hard to get into it. Um, But the Jill and Luke versus Callie and Luke versus Callie and Joe, like, okay, I can pull some stuff out of there. Like, Jill and Luke are obviously like your typical Hollywood relationship that's based on appearances and keeping up with the Joneses. And there's not really like a whole lot of sense there. Like, it's based on hustle. Right. Whereas Callie and Joe is like, it's familiar and they're wanting what's familiar, but realizing it's not familiar. Right. And then I feel like I have more to say about Callie and Luke in the next segment, but I thought it was cute. I thought it was innocent. I thought it was cute. I thought it was great that it was the girl getting the guy to slow down. Cause I feel like in a lot of the Hallmark movies, it's the guy getting the girl to slow down. Mm. Um, so I loved that about it. And I loved that Dan and Luke there have a working relationships, but they're also have some kind of bromance going on. Definitely. And Luke as an agent or not Luke as an agent, sorry, Dan as an agent was trying to get Luke to slow down and not burn out. Like I'm all about burnout recovery and preventing burnout. So all I got I love that I have to say I have a really obscure thing that I loved about this movie and I don't even know like if anyone (laughs) is gonna get this but I have to say I'm a huge fan of Sarah Edmondson as a person and do you know who Sarah Edmondson is it is Aunt Willa and I don't know if you know but if anyone has followed the Nexium cult that a few years ago completely yes. unraveled. Oh she was gosh. the whistleblower. She was the oh original gosh, whistleblower. Oh my gosh, 
Yes. So when I saw her, I was like, what? She totally has like a brand on her from that cult. And here she is being like one of the, you know, supporting characters. Yes. (gasps) So I knew, I knew she was Canadian and I knew she had some acting. I'm a huge fan of her as a person. This is like my first time seeing her. I think I saw her like one time in an episode briefly of When Calls the Heart. So this was the first time I've seen her have a, like it was a pretty major role. She was Aunt Willa. Um, I thought she did great, but I just love her for like who she is and, and you know, being strong and coming forward with everything. That's a total side story. But if you don't know much about that, it's a crazy uh yes. cult she exposed it there's lots of documentaries on it it's called nexium anyways i just had to throw that in there oh my gosh i'm so glad you reminded me of that because now i love this movie so much more <laughs> those documentaries um, my life so okay. i love it. but i also love okay so this is what i love the most i saved the best for last okay um i really loved lauren elena's character callie all, I loved all the quotes in this movie, which we will mm. get to. I just wanted to say this one here. The first, my first um, favorite of Grandpa Tucker's quotes, where the conversation goes like this. This is where Callie's telling Luke that Grandpa used to always say, trouble is transportation. A bad thing can take you to a good place. And Luke says, speaking of which, do you think your truck can take me to town? And she goes, are you calling my truck a bad thing? And he says, no, ma'am, I'm calling your town a good place. And she's like, nice say you come in. And he's like, oh, like right now. And she's like, uh, yeah, you want to ride. It's now <laughs> as Southern girl. Love <laughs> it. And fun fact, Tyler Hines first Hallmark movie was with Leanne Rimes. It's called It's Christmas Eve. Because her name is Eve. It's like, it's Christmas. Oh, comma, Eve. Eve. Like, yeah. If you listen to the Hallmark podcast, gosh, I like give them so much free publicity. Um, They they do that bit. Like, like every time someone says it's Christmas Eve, you have brands singing, it's Christmas Eve. Um, Because they, ha- they it's Leanne Rimes, I guess, like handpicked Tyler Hines. Like he never auditioned. She, he was on some short list. And then wow. his career took off from there. But what's really funny is, through these podcasts, I've learned that Tyler Hines' greatest, one of his greatest fears is being serenaded and him having to make eye contact while being serenaded. And that's how his Hallmark career started. And then that's he had to hilarious. do that again with Lauren Elena. And then he did it with Kelly Pickler, which those are really interesting movies. Anyways, I love it. I love it. I love it. Anything oh else? Really so the only thing, so if we're like still looking at, you know, the leading romantic relationships, family relationships um I just uh, one thing that and maybe this is more like a this is for a later segment but I was kind of thrown off by the fact that Joe reacted to Callie like he didn't know she was coming home (laughs) he's had a new girlfriend and she was away for two years and they clearly didn't define it, but wouldn't you think they talked in the two years that they were away? It was, there's so many plot holes that we could get with Oi with the Poodles already. Because there's yeah. so much, like they're high school sweethearts, but he's a doctor and she's a PT, which is also a doctor. So like clearly, like when did they break up? How long were they together? How old are they now? Like there's so much that's like, um, confused. 
You're right. But the I still- only other thing I think I had about just like the relationships in general was I did think that when Callie was showing Luke how to do the cowboy two-step. Is that what it is? Cowboy cha-cha. Uh-huh. Sorry, cowboy <laughs> cha-cha. Um, <laughs> they were a little bit close for someone who is dating someone else. Right. I mean, their their chemistry was like was real. What? It, it was, was real. So good. But I just was like, guys, you're not in a relationship. Right. You're not appropriate. <laughs> it's so true. He has a girlfriend. Okay. Next segment. The next segment is called Aya. Don't go chasing waterfalls. And we've introduced before that this segment might include the Oma Oma. I don't want no scrubs. I don't think I said that the first time, but it's unhealthy behaviors, coping mechanisms. But the Oma Oma, I don't want no scrubs is if we have to pull the Nardar out. In this movie, I didn't have to pull the Nardar out. I just, I love the movie. It makes me so happy. I didn't care much to look. That's what makes it a good Hallmark movie is because you're not triggered. I would say the only unhealthy behavior actually is a personal trigger for me, but I get it because I'm a parent. So I'm not like, I don't want to offend any parents here, but it really bothers me when parents don't tell their children about things about their own health or crisis because they don't want to burden their children. Mm. and it's when um you know they're like Callie's involved she's home and it's clear she kind of has a role at Tucker's warehouse but she doesn't realize how much financial crisis they're really in right that was a trigger for me mm. and I you guys if I deep dove I'm sure I could pull all kinds of things <laughs> out but it just makes me so happy I just don't want to so go ahead what did you have for this one to be honest other than I mean I think it was Joe like who really to me was probably the most, if we're even going to call him unhealthy, like there are unhealthy patterns of behavior. Like he was clearly with someone and then Callie came home and all of a sudden he wasn't really with somebody and he wants to see where that goes, but yet he didn't stay in touch with Callie. Other than that, it was really wholesome and innocent. And I appreciated that. I also appreciated that Callie, was not I how I feel like maybe Hallmark typically portrays women and I thought she was very relaxed she did not seem desperate for Luke's attention she did not seem tropey at all I mean the only the only person I think that was a little bit stereotypical was Jillian but I think sometimes you got to throw that character in there to really I don't know, balance it off because obviously Luke needs to be with somebody he's going to break up with. If he was with a wonderful woman, we would all be sad and him and Callie would not be together. So exactly. I actually thought it was really wholesome. I would, I, I agree with you. I don't think they should have kept Callie in the dark, especially like she's a full grown woman who, you know, she was in the army for two years. I'm assuming she saw some stuff she can handle financial exactly. crisis. Um, yeah, that was that was my take. Oh, I forgot to say that. That I loved that. I don't think I've seen any other Hallmark movie where um, the woman is in the military. They're always mm. the men. 
that's in the military. So I really love that. I'm sure there is. I probably am just not thinking of it, but I loved how they portrayed her too. I, I just wish we got a little more military backstory. <laughs> yes, I agree. It's like, so you're a PT in the military. Tell me about that. Um. Okay. Well, I go away with the poodles already. These are plot holes, continuity issues, the wait what's, what we didn't like. You guys, there are so many. I had to stop or I would hate the movie. I mean, like, <laughs> don't mind the veggie straws being served instead of actual food. I don't know if you caught that. But the no. Death of Hallmark po- podcast caught that. I mean, I caught that immediately. Like, the first time I watched it, I was like, what is this? Um, and I, I do have to confess, when I first watched this movie before I knew about the Hallmark world, I was like, this is a weird movie. And then it's like total fan service. I love it now. Um, But like the SUV that has the fall harvest sticker. Yeah. That comes into town with Jillian. Did you catch that? Where she comes into town in this black SUV. Why does it have a fall harvest sticker? Like, don't mind those. Let's talk about this fall festival, shall we? Like, what about it was a fall festival i know is it a music festival like (laughs) what are the fall activities like the pumpkin carving or cornhole or like hay rides like where's the festival it's more like a dinner (laughs) yeah it felt like a fall dinner (laughs) yeah yeah it's a i like okay Maybe it's a music festival. Then, okay, maybe. But still, it's fall. Like, where are all the fall things that you expect? So, yes. Okay, for me, the car accident, I don't know if anyone has ever been in a car accident, but nobody reacts that way. Like, oh, it's my fault. Like, everyone was so laid back. They <laughs> wanted to assume fault right away. It's, it's it's you know, I was in Kansas City visiting NeNe, And I had a little, someone hit my car and didn't, he totally hit my car. Didn't want to claim fault. It was pretty much, it was actually the accident I was in was less intense than that parking lot accident. And yet (laughs) it did not go that smoothly. So I was like, okay, the writers, (laughs) no, that's not how accidents goes. Um, Also, on the on the topic of cars the scene where luke and jillian are driving the car after you know luke just gave her the car for her gift it was a green screen like it hallmark. always is no no the car scenes are usually green screen and it's like why so hard to watch but what <laughs> i can't forgive them is that fall scene because Hallmark has some truly like idyllic scenery like when they go shoot on location at certain places like I'll watch the Hallmark movies um to like see the scenery I did this brain oh, rewire thing I know where, what like, you're talking this, about like super visualization like it's but that random bench they pulled off on where she's like if you want to learn about country music you got to see the ridge <laughs> and they pull off on a random like it's they don't even pull off a road it's like the side of the road they find a random bench that looks over this ridge where it's like there's fake leaves and fake trees and a green screen scene where i'm like (laughs) i i still love the movie but it's unforgivable it's also why they can keep it within budget (laughs) Yes, yes. Remember, it's $2 million, people. They got to keep it under $2 million. But, like, also, 
is Tucker's Roadhouse basically a modern day saloon? Like, oh, like, yes. Why is there a room where guests stay upstairs? How do you book it? Is it an Airbnb? Like, what? I'm so confused. And also, how far is Lockhart from Nashville? Like, (laughs) in this day and age, you're really not stuck in this small town. Like, you could have not that big of a state. I mean, I know I came from California and moved to Kentucky and we visited like Indiana, Ohio, Tennessee. Like we were so excited that we could be in another state in such a short period of time. Like if you're still in the same state. I know. I know. I was thinking that I'm like, when, when was it? Like, when was the last time I was stranded even because of my car now with just like modern day transportation? Even I can get an Uber up at the cottage. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's really rare to be stranded. Um, But I love that they tried because, again, like, if he wasn't stranded, what would have happened? Again, this is with a plot hole. There's so much plot. It's so many holes. You just pull out one thing and, like, the whole movie falls apart. So, yes. um, But still, love the movie. Are we done poking holes in it? Totally. Okay. Totally. We have to we have to keep it a little bit together. It was cute. It was wholesome. Loved the songs. But you see how this is like your typical, like without the songs and without their chemistry, it would have been There's like nothing. Exactly. But it just goes to show you, like, these actors and actresses have to be so talented to carry the script. Yes. Like it's actually harder. <laughs> Which yeah. I didn't appreciate that until I started watching more and listening to their interviews. Okay. Our last segment is the Jayo, which is Mandarin for like encouragement, like keep going. And <laughs> and they say fighting because this is where we're cheering for the happily ever afters. What we think mm-hmm. happens be who we're rooting for. I love the movie so much, I actually don't care too much. But what did you think? Okay, this is what I think should happen. I think. Luke should move be a, and do a reality show oh. about Tuckers somehow Ooh. you know cuz he no he has no movie career because he's you know he's he's screwed he that it. up he blew it he lost his contacts he went back on his agreement so he's not going to be a movie director but he was already an award winning television director and like I'm a reality TV lover, so like I would probably watch it. So that's him and Callie stay together. Tucker's become successful because somehow there's this like amazing reality TV show that he does. Oh. That's my that's that's my my happily ever after. Good. I didn't even think about that. Uh, mine is Will and Dan have some sort of successful franchise. Oh yes, yeah. Um, so this family kind of becomes like, you know, coastal and Midwest, like they go, they all can go back and forth between California and Tennessee. <laughs> because I also have that Callie and Luke date for a while, but Luke actually takes a sabbatical and moves to Tennessee part time, but then he gets mm. restless. Mm. Um, because he's been so busy in his life, he doesn't know who he is. So then Callie considers going back to her musical career, and they make a movie together. A feature oh. film where she sings in it, where art, where life mimics art and art mimics life. And the movie flops. 
it goes nowhere. And in the process, they find themselves, but they decide to go their separate ways. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> it was fun. They learned. They moved on. That's their happily ever after with other people. The end. <laughs> I actually really like them together. <laughs> they are so cute together. I just feel like because he met her. Okay. I I really don't like the hallmark scripts and it happens a lot where it's like you guys this is like the relationships are low-key overlapping and both of them were low-key overlapping jillian and luke and callie and joe like i mean callie and joe weren't together but like luke was encouraging them to get together so it's just like a weird like i'm i'm encouraging you to get back with your ex in the next day i in my mind you know i'm trying to like take my own plot and thread it through the time you know the wafer thin plot that they have but in my mind I was thinking that he would probably doing that so that he wouldn't have the temptation to like Callie anymore yeah he was was trying to put up that boundary because because without it he can't he feels like he's gonna cross it (laughs) this is a reach but (laughs) I'll give him, I can totally see that. I can totally see that. I'll give him that. What are your final thoughts and favorite, favorite quote? And this is a great movie to quote because they just handed us quotes on a silver platter. Left and right. I have so many. Um, country music is three chords in the truth. <laughs> um, success can be your servant or your master. Mm. <laughs> My favorite is when Sully says, you may be a lot smarter than you look, son, talking about Luke. And Luke says to Callie, I don't know if I just got a pat on the back or a punch in the nose. (laughs) You guys, I felt so seen because when I first moved to the South and they said, bless your heart, that's exactly, I don't know if I just got a pat on the back or a punch in the nose and nobody ever like told me that. (laughs) Um, I was like, that's exactly how it feels. And my favorite quote, which you guys are going to hear me reference and use from now on, sometimes you got to risk it to get the biscuit. I love that line. And I laughed so hard. My favorite quote was from Kelly. And it's when she said, the difference between ballast and baggage, one Mm -hmm. keeps you grounded and one holds you back. I thought that was really great. But my final thoughts is even despite the plot being relatively thin, um, it really shows you that, you know, good actors, good chemistry can cover a multitude of sin. Like there were <laughs> so many gaps, but I I really felt they had real chemistry. Like if you told yeah. me in real life they dated or they were, I would probably believe you because it felt yeah. real. Yeah. Actually, no, that was Lauren Elena's first, that was her debut movie. Like, she's never done Mm -hmm. a movie. And I think Tyler Hines carried it. Yeah, definitely. Um, He did a fantastic job. And I just, I love it. But again, like, it gives you, even though the fall feels were like, oh, that's rough. But it still gives you some fall feels. Definitely. It's, It's the music. The music made it fall feels for me. I agree. Because I, fall in the South to me is where I discovered the wondrous magical feels of fall. Mm. 
Well, I love it. And I'm excited for more. This is the end of our episode. We hope that you enjoyed it. Thank you for breaking script with us. Don't forget to follow us so you never miss an episode. And we'll see you again next week. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye, team.